Welcome to the All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. All right, this podcast is fresh right now. It is the Stevens Pass to Snoqualmie Pass Adventure Podcast. Now, Emily and I just finished, meaning just last night, finished our three-day, 70-mile run-slash-hike from Stevens Pass in Washington State Ski Resort to Snoqualmie Pass Ski Resort, also in Washington State. This is 70, I think that our total mileage came out to be about 73 miles over the three days, and was somewhere around a little over 26 on day one, a little over 28 on day two, and a little over 17 on day three, something like that with a few more miles potentially added in there to go to campsites and back and things like that. Before I hop right into this, feeling fresh, feeling like my legs are still about ready to fall off, um, and I'll get into all of that. I'm going to get into all the gear, the food, all of that fun stuff that we did on this particular adventure. Before, But before I jump into that, I want to talk about a couple of partners and a couple of partners that are very interestingly involved in this particular adventure. So the first, Perfect Amino. A few years ago when I had my adrenal fatigue issues, I found out I was not digesting protein properly. And if you're not digesting protein properly, then you are in a world of hurt if you work out a lot like I do. So at that point, I found Perfect Amino by the company Body Health. And what it does, it doesn't need to be digested. So if you take it at the right time, it will just get absorbed by your body and utilized as amino acids to repair, rebuild, rejuvenate your muscle tissue. I take Perfect Amino, a bunch of it every single day, and I took it 15 tablets or 15, yeah, I guess tablets Uh, every morning on this adventure and then I try to take another five or so on my emptiest stomach time during the trip on the trail and then another 10 or so at bedtime. What that did is it helped me to recover more, help my muscles to feel better. They are pretty beat up but I can only imagine how they would feel otherwise and when I take them on a regular basis I feel like I'm recovering faster than most other people. I feel like I'm rarely ever sore, or I would say that I'm about 75% less sore than if I wasn't taking them. And I take them in place of a that post-workout protein shake usually. So check out Perfect Amino. You can get any information on them or get over to their site at allaroundjoe.com slash perfectamino. And if you use the code allaroundjoe when you're checking out, you get yourself a discount. So make sure you type that code in, get yourself a discount, and let me know if you have any questions about that. Next up, whoop at whoop.com. This is the whoop strap. I wore this the whole adventure long, and it was crazy because it told me that on a couple of days, I hit 5,000 calories burned. All right, so that's not including my basal metabolic rate that I'm just going to have on a regular basis or, or whatnot. That's additional calories burned from activity. Nuts, right? So the whoop, dot, or, or the whoop is an always-on activity tracker that's going to track your heart rate, your HRV. It's going to track your sleep. It's going to come up with a custom recovery score every single day, letting you know how recovered you are, how ready you are to train how ready you are for your body to add more strain. Over this adventure, I hit some of the highest 
strain scores I have ever hit. I'm known for the as the person that can't get my strain score up. The most I'd ever seen out of 21 was around 14 before. And this is like doing CrossFit competitions with four workouts a day. During this adventure, I got up over 20 on one of the days. So I think it was like 20.5. And I said 21 is the maximum. You cannot get above that. It's nuts, and it's really cool to be able to track these things. So if you want to be able to train harder, longer, stronger, you want to know when you should push, when you should take the day off, check out the whoop strap, go over to whoop.com, and you get yourself a sweet discount by using the code Joe. So that's whoop.com, and use the code Joe to get yourself an awesome discount. Let me know if you have any questions. All right, here we go. Jumping right in Stevens passes Snoqualmie Pass Adventure. Been wanting to do this adventure for quite some time. It finally came up on the radar, made it available to be done. So Emily, the girlfriend, and I decided to tackle it. And this is kind of like the uh, idea behind it, how it worked out, the gear that we we're using. I'm going to walk you through this whole process, how we had help. So what we first did is we planned out the particular amount of time that we wanted to take for this adventure. We knew that we wanted to do it in about three days. Our last adventure was the Wonderland Trail, which is 93 miles we did in three days, and that was a ton of elevation. So we wanted a little bit less than that because that left us totally beat up for weeks. This adventure, we didn't really train too much for. We went on like two or three trail runs, nothing too long, but we did want to make sure that we were it, we were moving pretty fast on this one because didn't, we didn't want to get in after dark. We wanted to make sure that we had some time to relax and, you know, just enjoy this trip, this adventure. So we picked out the days that we wanted to go, three days. And we, then we also tried to figure out camps because we had people that we were going to ask to come in and help us along the way. So support crew. What that means is that our packs did not have to be as heavy because we didn't have to carry tents. We didn't have to carry food for the whole time. We only had to carry what we needed for that particular day. And then people were hiking in to those locations with our tents, with our food refuelings, uh, pretty much anything that we thought that we needed that wasn't going to be too heavy for them to carry in. So we found those particular people. So huge shout out. Thank you to Ryan and Corey and to Chuck and Sue for helping us out on completing this adventure we totally could not have done it without you guys it was awesome so then what we had to figure out is we had the the dates we had the time frame we figured out where that we wanted people to hike in so that we could have longer days on the first day and the second day and then a shorter day on the third day which kind of sort of worked out i mean it did work out there was just more elevation than we thought on that third day, so it ended up still taking us a pretty long time, but thank goodness that the mileage was shorter. So we had a, like around 26-ish, 26.2, I think if we're going to be exact, or 20, or maybe it was 26.3. It was a little bit longer than an actual marathon on day one. Day two was around 28-something, day three, 17-something. So that's how we broke it up. Sounded great on paper. We also went in the direction from Stevens to Snoqualmie because there was supposed to be a little less uh, uphill elevation so we were going downhill slightly and that was pretty much all the thought that we took into the planning so we knew the segments that we wanted to go we knew were easy access for people to come meet us the first person was going to come in and meet us at camp 17 and we had just so you know we had a uh, an ideal place to meet and then a secondary and then we had also a plan just in case things didn't work out an emergency plan 
So how are we going to get out? And I'll talk about that as we go. But the first camp was going to be at Camp 17. The per people hiking in had to drive to a Snoqualmie-ish trailhead. And then they hiked in four miles and set up camp for us. The second camp was at Spectacle Lake. And Spectacle Lake, beautiful. You should go check that out no matter what you decide to do. But Spectacle Lake, um, that one's a little bit longer. I think that might have been more like a, a 10-ish mile hike in on that particular that particular one but uh so that's how we set up the the support <laughs> excuse me i'm actually itching some mosquito bites right now because mosquitoes were horrible so we had that all set up we had the days we had the people help us out we knew where they were kind of come in then we needed to plan for our gear so what we did is we went and did a bunch of research went and tried on a whole bunch of packs at rei tried to figure out what were the biggest packs that we could get and still be comfortable with running what we ended up going with or what i should say only talk to what i ended up going with personally was a solomon pack running pack that i did a like I said, a whole bunch of research on these particular gear packs. And I like gear a lot. I like playing with it. I like seeing what's going to work the best. I like reviewing it. So the the I was originally going to go with an Ultimate Direction pack. I really liked how it felt, but the sizing wasn't quite right. So I went and did a whole bunch of more research. And I found this Solomon pack called the ADV Skin 12 Set. All right, it's kind of a interesting name there. I'm not really sure what it means, but this pack at first glance, when I first saw it, I did, I just brushed it off because I thought that it was going to be too small. But after doing a bunch of research and finding that tons of people loved this pack, I looked into it a little bit further. And some of the reviews were talking about people doing 50 mile plus unsupported ultra marathons, which continued to interest me. Then I saw that the pack volume was actually 732 cubic inches, which is fairly large for a pack that does not look that large. The other thing I was interested in is it has front uh, holding, it's kind of like a vest. So if you imagine these front holding uh, water flasks that are uh, flexible or made of, you know, uh, squeezable plastic and they front load your body, which to me is really interesting. If you do a, a bunch of running, you'll learn that the forward lean that you use with gravity will really help you to use less of your own effort to move forward. And having some of your weight mounted up front and not just all in the back makes a lot of sense when trying to run. So I did all this research, figured I wanted to try this pack, went to REI, they had it, tried it on, it felt great. And tons of people talked about interesting stuff like the, the pockets were, were really great and once you figured out how to use them all, they helped a lot. And I found that to be completely true. Oh, I should make a side note. The... Um, pack comes with these 17 ounce flasks that go in the front but then if you want a bladder you have to buy that yourself there is a space for it it's totally set up but it doesn't come with a bladder so it makes the pack a little bit he uh spendy so you're paying like 175 dollars for the pack and then if you need a bladder you're, you know 30 35 dollars fortunately i had an older north face 1.5 liter bladder which is the size that it that it's supposed to be used with it and it fit into the pouch just fine i ended up using that so i didn't have to buy another one but uh you may have to do that the cool thing as well is these pockets 
You can pack all kinds of stuff in them. I had, uh, let's say like 10 bars. I had a whole packet or a Ziploc bag full of pills of my perfect amino, of my salt sticks, of my vitamins. I had a rain shell. I had my, um, my sleeping pad all in the packs. I had a bag of plantain chips. I had a headlamp. I had, let's see, what else? Pretty, oh, I had an um, emergency blanket that comes, the emergency blanket comes with a pack, which I thought was kind of interesting because they don't give you a bladder with it, but they provide an emergency blanket. I mean, it's cool. Emergency blanket is cool. It just seems like you probably need a bladder more than you need an emergency blanket, or you can provide your own emergency blanket, but whatever. Then the fit of the pack is really interesting because, like I said, it fits like a vest, but then you have these straps that go back and forth across the front, which at first seemed a little bit strange to me, but after using, utilizing them, it, it was brilliant. It really distributes the tension or like the, the friction of the pack across your whole front of your body, and you have tons of different options for where you actually want to have the straps connecting. So you don't have to have them just where they want them to be. You have uh, these notches all up and down the front that you can adjust based off of what feels right for you. Let's see, I had a knife in there. I had a whole bunch of electrical stuff, so meaning like uh, extra batteries to charge up my phone. I had a bunch of wires. I had extra battery for my whoop strap. I had all this stuff that was packed in there, and it was still incredibly comfortable. Had all the the water I could I would need so this ADV skins 12 set really was cool and I after using it for that whole period of time wow totally totally recommend it it is some cool cool stuff then the that's the other gear that we used is or I should say I used is I used some ultra running shoes that I had for a while now I think the ultra is a great company um, you should check them out if you're going to do any trail running, hiking, that type of stuff. I probably, if I were going to do it again, would have gone with a little bit of a thicker sole for that distance because my feet were hurting pretty bad on days two and three. So if I had just a little more cushioning, that would have been cool. But the the toe box for the altars is just fantastic. The grip is fantastic. They just feel really, really great. So I recommend those. They're zero drop, awesome stuff. Then I went up, let's see, I had Lululemon shorts. I really like running and training in the Lululemon shorts that have the liner in them, so you don't have to worry about wearing underwear and the shorts. So just any of the Lululemon shorts that are, let's see, I do a nine inch inseam short for when I'm doing a lot of training or running like that. Just fantastic, you just pull them on, you're good to go. You, they're even quick dry if you need to swim in them. So really like those. Then I went with just, you know, whatever t-shirt. A soft t-shirt I think that the first day I had like a textile t-shirt which was better and I wish I would have had for all three days but I had just a cotton t-shirt for the second and third day then I brought my uh, rogue fitness hat which is like a trucker hat and I highly recommend having a hat with you and I highly recommend having it be the mesh style trucker hat because you can flip it around if the sun's in your face you can have the bill forward if it's not in your face and you want to stay cool you can flip it backwards and the air goes right through that mesh really well the only disadvantage to that is if there's mosquitoes out that will bite you through the mesh and yes I have mosquito bites on my scalp which is fantastic <laughs> 
Um, other gear, like I said, I had my whoop strap on so I could be calculating all of my, my strain, even though I wasn't going to listen to it, whether or not it told me to rest or if I was recovered. But some interesting things or notes on that was that uh, I went into Saturday being at like a 60-some percent recovered, which is not too bad for only sleeping a few hours before we had to get up and rush off to Stevens Pass. On Sunday, I was in, I think, 44% recovered. But then on Monday, I actually hopped up to 97% recovered. So something about all this crazy stimulus actually popped my recovery score way up. Like, so high that I, I rarely will see that, you know, maybe once that high once every other week. So that was pretty interesting data to have there. Other than that, I uh, had a phone. That was it. had an iPhone. Um, there wasn't going to be service a lot of time, so I was using it for videos. I was using it for pictures. I kept it on airplane mode a lot of the time, and it actually stayed charged uh, throughout the whole three days. And I walked out of the trail, I believe, calling people and texting people, and I had 20% battery left. So that worked out pretty darn well. I didn't even have to use my extra battery to charge up the phone. It was good to go, and like I said, took a whole bunch of videos, a whole bunch of pictures. So that's what we were set up with, and oh, as well as um, SteriPin. So water filtration, SteriPin is fantastic. We always bring two of those with extra batteries for both of them, which was great because one of them decided not to work right away, and we ran out of batteries on the end of day or the start of day three. So. Always make sure that you bring those precautionary things because if we didn't have that, then we would have probably had to just drink water without filtering it, and that could end very badly. SteriPin, highly recommend them. All right, so, and I'll, I should mention, I'm going to put all this stuff in the show notes, so if you guys want to get links to any of this stuff, you can check out the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash 96. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 96. Next up, this is when we got started. I'm going to jump right into actually moving through the trail, what felt good, what felt bad, what we ate, all that fun stuff. Um, and I also have the all of the food that we brought on the trip at allaroundjoe.com slash 96. So if you're doing anything like this, you want to see exactly what we ate, head over to allaroundjoe.com slash 96 for all that information. But we start off the day by leaving... Seattle at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning and we want to do Saturday through Monday rather than Friday through Sunday because to offset the traffic on the trail a little bit and camping and it actually worked really well we didn't run into too many people which the people are fine but the camping situations can be difficult and you don't want to get to an end of the day and not have good camping situation so we did Saturday through Monday and we hit the trailer. We started at Stevens Pass at around 8.30. But unfortunately, I let the person that dropped us off drive off with my cord to charge up my phone, which I ended up not actually needing like I told you earlier. But I had to call. We headed up the trail about 20 minutes, realized that that happened, called her. She came back, dropped it off, and then we had it. But what that meant is we were about half an hour behind. But we did say that we wanted to start between 8 and 9 a.m., and then get on the trail. So about 9 a.m. we got started. We headed up Stevens Pass, which is really cool because if you ever ski or snowboard at Stevens Pass, this in this scenario, you hike right under 
the chairlifts you hike up over to the backside of Stevens Pass and then down the backside of the mountain, which is where you ski. So it's really cool to see it in the summer and think, wow, this is so much different with all this uh, foliage and, and plant growth that you are actually skiing or snowboarding on in the winter. And then we hiked down and we did some running at this point. So our goal was to run as much as possible when we did the wonderland trail a few years ago we had a goal of running as much as possible but it turned out the elevation was so drastic that we only ended up really running the first day and the next two days were just a slog so we're hoping to at least get some running done on day two and if we did that then that would be a win because we only ran day one previously so everything was feeling really good we were doing a bunch of running and Food was good, water was good, staying super hydrated, taking the salt sticks tabs every... The first day we weren't quite as good with it, but we felt good anyway, so we would try to take them <clears throat> about every hour, taking one or two tablets, and drinking over-drinking water, okay? I highly recommend over-drinking water, doing the pee test. If your pee is pretty much clear, <coughs> you're doing good. If it's starting to get yellow drink more water until it gets clear again, all right? And make sure that you're taking those salt tabs or some other form of electrolyte so that your body holds onto the water and just doesn't just dump it. Especially if you're drinking coffee or you're having caffeine because that's gonna help your body to dump more water faster. So you have to counteract that with the electrolytes. Do it, it's totally worth it, you'll feel way better. So we're trucking along, we're drinking tons of water, things are going good, we're getting a lot of running in, packs are feeling great, and then uh, first major, major uphill climb was Deception Pass, and that is when I found or had my first little tweak, not anything that happened like on, you know, by falling or anything like that, but a tweak in my hip, a little bit hip flexor, a little bit upper glute muscle, I just started feeling it talking to me a little bit, you know, going up the hill, and it was up, 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 I don't know the exact numbers, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact how much climb we did on any of these particular things, or drop, but we're going up Deception Pass, and it is just this continual grade of switchbacks that just, that's the worst, what I've found is, it's not so much if you have a lot of elevation, or not, but it's if it is exactly the same grade for a long period of time, so you're using your body the exact same way for a long period of time, that's when you start to this overtrained musculature that sometimes will cause you problems. And for me, it was this right hip that just started to kind of tighten up a little bit. I tried to think about activating other muscles. You know, I'm constantly thinking about these things, and you should be too if you're doing this. It's like, how can you create or continue to create efficiencies within your body so that you can continue moving, so that you can not overwork any particular muscle group. And that can be as simple as like leaning a little bit more forward to enhance the glute activation if you're on a grade that is not as steep as it you know, would normally require a bent forward position, you know, pushing off your hands. Oh, quick note, something that we're gonna do definitely next time is we're gonna bring hiking poles. Not so much so that we're going to use them all the time, but when you're in an intense climb or descent, it is really nice to be able to distribute some of that force across your upper body. 
Okay, so that's just a little side note there. But we're heading up deception pass. The thing just kept on going and going, 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 going. A little bit of tightness in my hip. Did not feel super awesome, but that's all right. So that we got up it. We ended up running back down on the other side. You know, everything was feeling pretty darn good. And then we had to make another climber up to the Camp 17 or Cathedral Rock area, which is beautiful, beautiful, especially once you get to the top. But as you're ending your day, having a hard climb is never all that fun. It's always great if you can cruise in on a downhill. We didn't necessarily consider that. And I'm not sure that it would have mattered to the point where we could have done anything about it. But we ended up having to do this climb up into, like I said, the Camp 17 or Cathedral Rock area. And we were a little bit slower than we thought that we were going to be as far as averaging the pace out. I thought that doing all of the running would have made us quite a bit faster than, than we were. But we must have just been slow slogging up those hills. So end of day one, finished or cruised into Cathedral Rock and had a couple more miles to get to the Camp 17. And those couple of miles were just, you know, when you're, when you're moving along, you're like, oh, please let me see, you know, these people that I know. Let me see them, please. They're going to be around this next turn. Finally, we saw them, got to camp. It was fantastic. It was still light out. I think we got into camp around 7.30, 7.45 on that first night. And they had our tent set up, sleeping bags blown, or pads blown up, sleeping bag out. It was fantastic. The cooking stove or the jet boil was ready to go, fire up some water. And that first day, what we consumed were uh, a lot of Cliff Bars, RX Bars, which... At, you know, typically I use the Cliff Bar post-workout, but on this particular type of thing, it's mostly like get a lot of carbs in you, try to overeat as much as possible because there's no way you're going to gain weight on one of these types of trips unless it's just water weight. So try and eat whatever sounds good. So we had a bunch of Cliff Bars, all different varieties, a bunch of RX Bars, all different varieties, but I do like the chocolate sea salt the best <laughs> that still tastes really good even after eating a whole bunch of them and we had some uh coffee bars which are the slogan is eat your coffee so i recommend checking out those as well there's a cup of caffeine per bar and we had coconut mocha as i believe the flavor is really good also had a bag of plantain chips which the texture was so good when you're not getting a lot of texture or crunchiness you're going to eat a bunch of bars. On that first day, we also brought a meat sandwich. So I had, you know, meat, cheese, spinach, uh, bread, use Dave's Killer Bread, mayo, pickles on there. And I highly recommend that as well for your first day. You're not necessarily going to have it keep for multiple days unless your support crew is going to be able to bring a cooler, which in this case, they weren't going to be able to do for us. So you bring that first day, that, that sandwich is really, really great. Had one of those and then packed in a sandwich that was peanut butter, or actually no, we used almond butter or cashew butter, a little bit of honey, and bananas. So that was the second sandwich that we not on bed as well. So it really was eat a big breakfast in the morning, oatmeal, green shake, all that fun stuff. Have some bars until about lunch, eat a big sandwich, have some more bars until having the second sandwich, which was the, the first was the 
the meat. The second was the pea or the almond butter, and then a few more, you know, crump eaten along. Usually plantain chips at the end of the day because that's when you want the crunch. Tastes great, a little bit of salty, and then cruising to camp. And first camp night, we had gnocchi, which you can get at Trader Joe's and doesn't need to be refrigerated. So you get some gnocchi. We brought some red pasta sauce with us and those um, sausages that are pre-cooked. So all we did is just warm those up, ate them down, had a few Quest bars actually as well. Um, love Quest bars for just eating uh, regular times of the day. Don't really love them as I'm moving around like on the trail, but I had two of them I think every night as I was out there before and or after dinner. So they were really great then. They're higher in fiber, help get keep things moving along, which is fantastic. And then actually after eating that, we went to bed at like 8.30, slept a long, long night, like nine something hours, hopped up in the morning at seven, and took a little bit longer than we wanted to to get ready to go because our goal is to get on the trail by 8. I think we got on the trail by 8.30. But when we got up in the morning, we had some coffee. And we had those those QIA superfoods or QIA. It's like oatmeal. We had the, the coconut version, which are really, really good. Put in a half scoop, scoop of Progenics in there. PB Smash. Yeah, yeah. Really good. And ate that down. Fantastic PB chocolate, coconut, quaya, however you say it, oatmeal, um, really good, hit the trail of 8.30, and day two was the worst day for me, definitely the worst day, started off really good actually, legs felt good, you always know when you get out of the tent first thing in the morning, if your, if your legs are going to feel good or bad, and mine felt pretty darn good, I remember squatting up out of the tent and really thinking to myself, wow, things feel pretty darn good right now. Oh, the thing that I almost forgot to mention, and I cannot forget this, we had the worst, worst, worst mosquitoes ever, ever at Camp 17. We had, it was to the point where like you'd look over at the person next to you and there's mosquitoes swarming around their head or they're like stuck to your hat um, and you just could not get them off of you. They were biting through through my double layer of shorts, so like underwear and short layer, they were biting through that. I had some mosquito bites on my butt from that. They were biting through my socks. They were biting through my shirt. They were biting through my hat, like I said, the mesh part, so I have mosquito bites in my hair. These things were crazy. When we were in our tent, we could hear them buzzing outside of the tent waiting to get us. I have never had anything like this as bad mosquito bites. So like I am itching all over right now still. If you would see my legs, I'll put a picture in the show notes of all the bites I have on my calf. And I had these compression socks on that are really thick and they were just biting through them. It was crazy. So I had to jump back real quick to tell you about how bad those mosquitoes were. But we ended up the starting the second day, 8.30, running downhill, which is fantastic. So we ran quite a few miles. I think it was like seven miles right off the bat downhill. Everything feeling really, really good. Then things got worse. So when we started our climb on day two, we had this really, really long, dry, meaning like not a lot of water, climb on day two. Uh, I don't have the exact 
climb than it was, but I just started hurting really bad. So like going uphill, my hip was tightening up. I didn't get enough water in me just because there was too, it was too spread out or I didn't drink enough when we had the opportunity. So something that you should always do is if you're not sure when your next water opportunity is going to be, always chug down like 32 or more ounces of water right there after you filter it and then load up your pack with all of your extra water. So once I started doing that, I felt great, but I had realized on that particular middle of day two when the sun was hot and we're headed uphill, I didn't do that enough and I ran out of water. I wasn't like out of the point where I was severely dehydrated or anything, but I definitely got myself dehydrated and I had my muscles that were cramping up. Um, not, and when I say cramping up, I don't mean like I had cramps. I mean like they were tightening up, things were hurting, feet were hurting, hips were hurting, all of that stuff. And when you don't have enough water in you at that time, it definitely magnifies that. And people don't necessarily think that they think, oh, my leg is hurting muscle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but water is going to help you to repair those things. So if you don't have enough of it, then you're in trouble as well. And it's going to compound that particular injury or whatever it is that you're working through. So I had this going on as we're going up this hill. And again, it was one of those things where the grade was just consistently the same, just pounding at my hip flexors and my hips and my glutes. And also the tilt at which the trail was just seemed to be exactly the same so it was leaning as we're going up to down to the left so I had this like short step on my right side and it just was pinching 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 not feeling good at all but finally we got to a point where we actually were able to stop uh, at a lake put our feet in the water a little bit wash off that always feels good especially these really cold glacial lakes Whenever you have a chance to hop in some cold water, do it because it is so revitalizing for yourself. I mean, I take cold showers every day because of it. But when you're out here in the hot, it even feels better. If you, it even feels more and more fantastic. So make sure you take the time to do that. So we would take about you know 15 to 20 minutes to do that, have something to eat, then hit the trail again. And I remember after doing that, because there was a lake at the top of this climb, and I was feeling terrible, just thinking about how I can activate other muscle groups, trying to figuring that out. And we made it to this lake, hung out there for a while, replenished a little bit, and then started this kind of like skirt around the top of these mountain passes. And definitely felt more and more revitalized, but still the hip was hurting because I let myself get too dehydrated. I didn't get enough water in me. Finally got it caught up a little bit as we're heading, starting to head downhill. And we did a pretty good amount of running on that second day at the end where we were just going through this flat area that was really just fun to cruise through. Fortunately, Emily was feeling good. She was pulling the weight forward because I was not feeling very good, but just continuing to eat. It's like I knew what I needed to do. You just got to do it. So drink extra water, eat extra food, pounded down as many bars as I could kept eating those peanut butter and I'm sorry almond butter honey and banana sandwiches and we made it in pretty decent time actually because of all that running we did but the running hurt my feet wanted to fall off let me just put it that way but made it through there without having anything really taste bad meaning like sometimes you'll be out on the trail and you just cannot eat another bar but things kept on tasting pretty good we ended up getting to a point where we knew that we had about I think it was 
two-ish more miles to climb up to Spectacle Lake where we were meeting Emily's parents and we got to that point. Things were actually feeling pretty good because I overhydrated and was actually was recovering as we went. Took a few extra perfect aminos so that my body could get some more of those amino acids and hopefully repair some of this damage I was doing. And we hiked up through this really amazing old burn area where there's all these flowers and old burn trees from years ago. Just beautiful hike up into Spectacle Lake. And Spectacle Lake was probably one of the prettiest lakes that we went through. We had to go off of the trail a little ways in order to get to the lake, but it was 100% worth it. We had camp all set up there. We were able to hop in the lake and actually do some swimming, get some of the sweat off of us. Although it's amazing how bad you start to smell and the clothes start to smell. That even though you spend the time like 30 minutes or uh, let's be more realistic, probably like 10 or 15 minutes washing yourself off in the lake, it doesn't get any of the smell out. So we did that. We, we rinsed off. We got settled in. And then for dinner on that second night, what we did, this was really, really good. We got some of those mountain house, uh, they're like dehydrated foods. We got the chili mac with beef, which was really good, really good. You just put like a, a cup and three quarters boiling water in it. You let it sit for like eight minutes, stir it up, it's good to go. And then what we also did to go along with that to help with our calorie consumption or burn, I should say, was we bought Top Ramen. So we got four packs of Top Ramen. That stuff is so cheap, 25 cents a pack. So we each had an additional, well, I had like two and a half and Emily had one and a half of those. I had those down. And like I said, I had a couple of double chocolate Quest bars or chocolate, double chocolate chunk Quest bars um, for dessert and felt full at the end of that, which is always how you want to end a day like that when you know you have more work to do the next day. We laid down, the mosquitoes were maybe like a tenth of as bad as they were the night before, which was great, but still kind of bad. Always feels good to lay down in your tent. We have this fantastic double sleeping bag that I highly recommend that anybody that does not like the confinements of the mummy bag, get yourself a quilt sleeping bag or a double sleeping bag if you have a partner to go with and rock those they're so great the sleeping pads just fit in side by side they don't move around you can stretch out a little bit more it is such a nice way to spend time in the woods that way so we did that we packed in some some sleep in there got another good chunk of sleep i think it was like eight something hours of sleep we got up we didn't have quite as much of a hurry for day three because we knew that it was a shorter day about 17 miles about 10 miles less than what we'd been doing so we hit the trail around 9 a.m. after having the same breakfast of coffee with some progenics in it and then the QIA or QIA oatmeal, coconut oatmeal with some progenics in it. Fantastic. I had three packs every morning. Really good stuff. Then hit the trail and for day three, we knew that there was going to be a little bit more elevation. Um, so it might be slower, but we hope that it wasn't going to be too slow. So we started off that day climbing out of, out of the lake there where we stayed and climbed up. I'm not sure what the elevation was, but it was a decent climb to the point where we get to, you keep climbing up and then you get to this ridge line <clears throat> where you skirt around kind of like this bowl 
And as you're skirting around this bowl, you see, you can look back and you'll see um, Mount Rainier, which is fantastic view. And then you also see Snoqualmie Pass. So you can see where you're going from this bowl, which is kind of cool, kind of a pain in the butt because you can see where you're going, but it looks really, really far away. So you go around this bowl, you go by, uh, and it's kind of uh, up and down, but not too bad as far as elevation because you already did all this climbing, but there is some elevation. But the, the bad part about it is there's a bunch of loose rock, so we couldn't run at all. It was just way too loose rock. Um, it was just hard to walk on it, like your feet really just started hurting from walking. But the cool thing is that we go around this bowl, and there's a lake called Joe Lake, so I had to go and stop and take some pictures of Joe Lake, although we couldn't get down to us. We were quite a bit up above. And then you keep skirting around that Joe Lake and you get to uh, Alaska. So you have Alaska Mountain that you're cruising around. And this is so cool because you're really high during this whole time. And you're looking down into these like valleys and lakes. And like I said, you have the mountains at 360 degrees around you. It's just fantastic. Day three was definitely the most beautiful by far. And you have wildflowers out, and like I said, glacial lakes, those are my favorite. But we're just skirting along, and you're going up and down these peaks. You'd never, on day three, you never really go down to the bottom. You'd stay up high the whole time, but it's just up and down, up and down as you're up high. So you're like, you drop down a few hundred feet, then you go up over a peak, or around a peak, or down to a few hundred feet, and then up another peak. And you're doing this around till you see this Alaska mountain and then Alaska Lake. And you're just getting these amazing, amazing views. But again, as you get wrapped around there, you see the Snoqualmie Pass. And it looks like it's fairly close. But you start walking and walking and walking and realizing that the you're not going in a direct line at all. You're like circling around the trails because they're going over peaks are beautiful, but they're not getting you where you want to go very fast. As you keep hiking and hiking, um, things were going good. I felt really good. Emily was having a little bit of trouble with her legs, just overuse, you know, because we put in so many miles, so many miles. But keeping the hydration up, I think, had such a big part to do with it. The swelling that you usually get on that that longer distance was way down for me. I only had a little bit of swelling in my feet, a little bit in one of my calves. But for the most part, it was really good. I uh, just kept drinking, kept eating. The On day three, the things that tasted best, again, were the uh, plantain chips were the number one for sure. Then uh, we had some of those packets of Justin's almond honey butter and some bread that we didn't have it put on there yet spread a couple two packets per two pieces of bread and that was really really a treat that was great and then also like i said the rx bars those chocolate sea salt bars man those were fantastic for me on day three as well just loved eating those things but as we kept cruising along what we found is this little little place that's awesome called the Kendall Catwalk. And if you've never done this hike, I highly recommend you do it. It's just amazing, amazing views and just super cool like walking area that's up on top of the mountain range. Like nothing I've ever seen before. And you can get to it from the Snoqualmie Pass. You can or you hike from Snoqualmie Pass there. I'm not sure what the exact mileage is on on that hike, but 
maybe like seven miles each way, something like that. So it's a little bit longer hike, but it was there was people trail running it, so you could do it. It was incredibly beautiful. Recommend doing that, especially pretty fun way to end the day or get close to ending the day. So we get through hiking, we hike through the Kennel Catwalk, feeling pretty good, start going down. Sun was pretty hot that day, so it was nice to start going down out of the mountains. And you drop into the trees there, and you know that you're in the home stretch because you can start hearing the traffic of the highway. But here's the thing, from the point that you can hear the traffic of the highway to the point where you actually get to the trailhead when you're done is like two hours. So the way that they plan this, and you can look at one of these maps and see exactly what it looks like, they get you to the point where you see the highway even, you see the resort that you're going to, and then they make you do a ton of these switchbacks that don't seem to have any kind of direct line at all. You just switch back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we were literally going crazy trying to get this thing finished and not really being able to move very fast because we were in pain. So we weren't doing much running at this point. Fortunately, we were incredibly hydrated. We had plenty of food and that part of it was really, really great. And we knew that we were going to make it. It wasn't an issue of that at all. But just getting to the point of not being able to get there, but knowing that you were close was just terrible. It the morale at the very end of the last mile or so was pretty low, pretty low, let me tell you. But we made it through. We pop out into the, the parking lot. It's right by the highway there. Met up with our ride. Things, Everything was all good. All in all, we're in great shape. Pretty darn sore, as can be expected. But all the gear worked out great. We didn't have any emergencies. Oh, something for those of you that are still listening that you have to bring with you on your next hike or long run or whatever, voodoo floss. You can get these things of voodoo floss. I first found out about them from Kelly Starrett. But you can go and search for voodoo floss on Amazon. It's like 30 bucks for two of them. They're these rubber band things that are a few inches thick. You wrap them around what your leg or limb or whatever you want to have faster recovery for. So every night we voodoo flossed our whole legs in order to... Um, help the muscles to recover. You're going to essentially push out bad blood and lymph, and then you're going to get a fresh set of it when you let it go. So you wrap it up nice and tight from, let's say, your foot as high as you can, and then you hold it, move through a range of motion, holding it on there for two minutes, let it go, you get the fresh blood. Do that for anywhere that you want to have faster recovery. I'm sure that our swelling is way down because of that. And not only that, if you need something to support you, so like let's say your knee starts really hurting and you're not sure how you're gonna continue moving, you use the Voodoo Floss to wrap and give yourself extra support and elasticity. It is a killer, killer thing to bring with you. Like so much of an advantage, probably the number one thing that we did right this time was bring that voodoo floss and I recommend you get some of it. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Voodoo floss, you gotta have it. We're still using it day after. We have two of them out on the kitchen table, just constantly using it every couple of hours throughout the day in order to increase the recovery to get back in the gym and beating up ourselves and our bodies. So that was the three days. I know that it was kind of a lengthy podcast here. I'm at about 45, 46 minutes, but I hope that you enjoy the story of this. There was ups and downs. It was really fun though. If you have any questions about how the, some planning or things like that that I did not cover, just shoot me an email, joe.allaroundjoe.com, or even better, put the comments in the show notes below at allaroundjoe.com slash 96. 
because then other people can see it and see what you are thinking. So hope you enjoyed this. Hope you check out my partners at whoop.com and use my discount code all around Joe and get yourself some perfect aminos because I take those guys every day and they are probably my number one supplement that helps me recover. Definitely my number one supplement that helps me recover. And that's at uh, allaroundjoe.com slash perfectamino and use that code allaroundjoe to get yourself a discount there. These guys hook me up with discounts so that I can give them to you. All right, as always, if you have any questions, hit me up. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. I will see you on the next podcast.